the vibes is friday bj you know what that means what time is it what time is it professor it's game armstrong. time it's game time professor armstrong <laughs> what are we doing for the people today though because it's a friday it's hoopology it's hoopology, hoopology and we got to give the people what they want mm-hmm. we gotta give them what they want that's right you are listening to the hoop genius podcast presented by NBA 2K22, where on this episode, myself, Mo Muzi, and three-time NBA champion BJ Armstrong will be answering the questions that you have sent in for the show. But before that, I've got to let you know that season five of NBA 2K22, my team is out right now. As you know, we do episodes Monday to Friday. So that leaves you with Saturday and Sunday. What are you going to do in that Saturday and Sunday? You're going to go and get NBA 2K22 by hitting the link in our description because it now features the return of dynamic rating cards, a new domination tier, new coaches, an animating mural to complete. Plus, we've got the first 99 overall Dark Matter reward for reaching level 40. That sounds like a good weekend to me. So BJ, let's start the weekend because it begins right now. It begins the right way. And we have a question. The first question comes from our boy, David Noonan, who's a regular listener to the show. And he says, BJ, do you know the vibes? <laughs> yes, I do. And yes, I can. <laughs> Man, I, I, I absolutely love this because I had a tweet. I'm trying to find this tweet, right? I had a tweet earlier in the week and I, I can't remember who it is. I'm trying to find it right now. Give me one second. I'm going to find it because it, it really made me laugh. It put a smile on my face. Adam, Adam Tunchai says, I've been walking around the house saying, you know, the vibes way too much. If anyone heard me, they'd think I'm mad. Well, Adam, <laughs> know the vibes. <laughs> we're about to break yes, you are mad. Yes, you are. Because Mo is mad. He's a mad Ain't nothing man. Wrong He's a with mad it. man. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And speaking of being a man, man, we've got another question from uh, Muhammad, who's, assalamu alaikum, Muhammad, who says, do you ever sleep? The answer is no. Why? My OG BJ Armstrong likes to tell me, Mo, the money never sleeps, so why should we? So we're going to be up on all hours, <laughs> learning everything I can about this game to bring you the best coverage that I can give you. But let's hey, get Mo, into Mo, you know, hold on, Mo, you know what we call it? You know what we call that, Mo? Go on. Team no sleep. Team no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the most the more basketball focused questions. We have the question coming in. Let's start at the top. Mm. From Zubaya. Zubaya, sorry. Who's a regular listener to the show? He's coming in from New York City, I believe. Regular oh, listener of the show. We international, baby. And he wants to know, we see Marcus Smart guarding one to five every game. He does that whilst having over five assists and almost 12 points per game. I don't know mm. why he isn't getting defensive player of the year shouts from anyone. BJ, what more does he have to do? Hmm. You know what? I'm with you when you're right. <laughs> oh no, he is I'm right. I'm with you when you're he right. He is right. He is. That's what I'm saying. He's right. Yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah. you. Oh, I thought you about when to, you right. I, th- I thought nah, you about to whisper. <laughs> no, that's that's real talk. Wait, hey, that's that's the real talk. And when somebody is real, I can't say nothing. That's right. You know what? Marcus Smart should be getting more talk in that conversation. That's right. Marcus Smart is a very impactful player. Marcus Smart is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He's one of the best defenders, full stop. We don't even have to okay, put a qualifier so, on. Mo, hey, I appreciate you because I, along with everyone else, should be given Mr. Smart. I'm going to put some respect on his name. Mm-hmm. More shine, more light on what he does, because it's almost like we take it for granted. That's facts. And, and I think he's one of the great defenders. He's one of the great defenders. And, and so, it, leads to a, it leads to a bigger discussion, though, that guards just don't get the love. Since Gary Payton won it, guards just don't get the love. Right. In the defense player of the year. Like Drew Holiday could have won this award before. Marcus Smart should have won this award before. I just think it's that the so, narrative around yeah. it puts a, it puts a premium on rim protection more so than perimeter defense and i think that's something we have to look at moving forward but we got to fly through these questions because there's so many we got to try and get through everyone's in this episode because it's only right okay okay saka is asking why would a team that struggles with paint protection sign a guard that can't play defense i'm assuming this alludes to dj augustine being signed by the lakers the other night 
Um, and I think, well, that goes to what we were saying about taking the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands a little bit, BJ. I think that's what they're going to try right. and experiment with. But there's not a lot of time left to experiment. What do you see from that signing, DJ Augustine for well, the Lakers? I think we talked about this the other day. And, you know, please go, feel free to go back and listen to that podcast. But it's clear to me that they see that they need to get another ball handler, distributor, initiator of the offense so that they can take advantage of LeBron James. They have a lot of problems, but if you're going to have LeBron James, you have to utilize his greatest strength, which is his versatility. That's why they signed DJ Augustine. But that's one of many problems that this Laker team has this year. Glenn Vardy, shout out to Glenn, regular listener. He wants to know, does the next face of the league need to be American to fit the status quo? Because would Giannis be the face of the league right now if he was American? And I think, yes. I think if we saw an American guy go back-to-back MVP, MVP defensive player of the year in the same season, then go to the finals, finals MVP, drop a 50-piece in a closeout game, I, I think there's no question. Because some of the faces of the league who are American... I haven't seen them drop 50 piece in the finals. <laughs> well, Mo, that's interesting. You know, we we love, and I say we, the fans, people, love to put things in a box. All right. In order to be a star, and this is what this is what makes a star. You have to be interested in that player, clearly, of what they do on the court, but you have to be an interesting personality off the court. And I don't care if you're American, wherever you're from, you have to be interested. You know, stars are very interesting people, whether you, you know, like them or not. Kanye West is a very interesting <laughs> <laughs> to say the personality. Least. To say, yes. You follow me. You, you yes. know what I mean? Beyonce is a very interesting personality. Okay. And just to name a few. So I think this next star in the NBA, yes, you got to give me 50 in the finals. But what makes you a star is that I'm interested more in what you have to say, what you think and what you do and what your life and whatever things going on. So I think it's an opportunity for this next superstar. Yes, you got to be good. But Mo, we love interesting things. We love to see things we've never seen before. And that, to me, is the number one criteria that is what is going to make a star or a superstar. Tim Duncan was as good of a player on the court as you can get. Mm-hmm. But he was but not. But I don't think Mo. I don't think Mo was trying to figure out what Tim Duncan was doing <laughs> off the court. Well, he was actually <laughs> he was actually a big he was into what was it called? World of Warcraft? I'm, I'm not mistaken. He was into one of those games. That's what he spent a lot of his time mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah and that's the, cool. It's cool, but I, with all due respect, yes. I don't care. And I love Tim Duncan, <laughs> but I don't care about World of Warcraft. But speaking of stars, Pierce McClinchy, shout out to Pierce, always submitting great questions. He wants to know, who is the best player to have never won an MVP award? To have never won? Mm. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great... I don't think there is a That's right a or wrong answer. answer. There are so many. Did Bob, Bob McAdoo won an MVP, right? Did Bob McAdoo win an MVP? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Bob. I think he did win the MVP. I think he. I think he did, right? Yeah, Bob McAdoo was the 1975 MVP. Okay, like, Bob McAdoo. If we go back to the OGs, there's so many. Like Elgin Baylor never won an MVP. Baylor, Elgin, yeah, Barry West Elgin, never I was won an MVP. You know, there's a lot. There's a Alex English never won an MVP. John Havlicek. There's a lot of guys that never won an MVP. And if we go back to our era, I think Chris Paul could have won an MVP that he never won. If they gave them out to Steve Nash, I think Chris Paul could have got one. I think Melo in his prime could have got one. I think even a prime Dwight Howard could have got one. But that's the more recent years. BJ, from your era, it's Isaiah so, Thomas yeah. has surely got to be on that list. You know, you so many wonderful players. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, you, you, I mean, you named them all. I mean, Dominique, somebody, did, did Dr. J win an MVP? Yeah, he must have. He I don't must. Think so. Yeah, he did in 1981, the NBA's most valuable oh, player. You, and he NBA? was a two time okay. ABA playoffs MVP. Yeah, I know, I, I know he won an ABA. Yeah, he won it in A1 you know, for the Sixers. God, that's a that's a great A. Hey, that's a great question. I, I need more time. That, I mean, that really stumped me. I mean, there's so many wonderful. You said the best, though. I mean, that's. Patrick Ewing's up there. 
I mean, it depends on the era as well and the other talent that was around them at the time. I mean, think about it. Shaq only won what one? He only won one. Mm. And I think Kobe could have won a few that he didn't get the awards for. Yeah. I think LeBron could have a few more. I think, yeah. you know, I think there are a lot of players who could have more MVPs than they currently have. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, James Harden, if you're listening, James Harden thinks he should have more MVPs than he currently has. That's a whole nother conversation. Luke Clark <laughs> wants to know which two cities slash states would you like to see franchises started in? And when do you think a franchise could realistically happen? Keep up the good vibes, my guy. Shout out to Luke. Big up on the vibes. First shout of all, out, shout out. BJ, I'm going to change this question because one of those cities has to be London and I have to be the general manager. So which one other city alongside London would you like to see a new NBA team in? Uh, well, that's 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 the third. That wasn't the question. No, no, no. You pick one and I, I pick one. one. We'll, we'll answer this okay, together. Two okay. cities. London I picked one and you pick one. Well, that mean that only gives me the now the western half of the United States. <laughs> okay, all right. I see how you, you, you do got, it. I no, see how you do. You, you got up. options. You got Vegas. You got Seattle. You got Vancouver. You got Mexico City. No, I can only go. Yeah, I can only. Go. That's the western Kendrick half Perkins of the United was States. Kendrick saying Hawaii the other day. Yeah, I think the place where you have to go because of the business, right? You know, a realistic. I'm trying to be realistic places. Look, I would love Hawaii. I would love London. But you have to be realistic and travel, so forth and so on. I think Seattle, I think Washington, the state of Washington, Seattle, yeah. and I think Vegas. I think those are the two places, realistically. I think you can relocate the Minnesota franchise from the Western Conference to, to the, the Eastern, Eastern Conference. Conference. Yep. And you could even do okay, the Grizzlies. So, yeah, you could do the Grizzlies as well. So I think, realistically, Washington, because of Seattle, and I think Vegas, you know, now they have a football team there, you know, and I think it's. Yep, and they have a WNBA team there. The Aces play in Las Vegas. So, yes. When, when yes, do you think yes. an expansion could realistically happen? You know, Mo. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25. No, I think it's going to happen sooner because of COVID, because of financially the entry to get into this league. Right. You know, you're talking billions of dollars and they share revenue. Mm. And if you added two new teams, I mean, just think about it. I mean, you're adding billions of dollars of shared revenue. So before COVID, I would say probably five to 10 years. Now, I think maybe three to five. Jeez, because, I'm excited. Because you could, because Mo, because of the shared revenue, every team would get, you know, just do the math. If you did $2 yep. billion dollars divided by 30, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. So I just I'm think it's realistic it. that these teams could, could happen. And I think it could happen much sooner because of the financial ramifications of the entry for these teams to, you know, come into the league. We have a next question from our good friend, Jack. And he wants oh, to know. Yeah. Is our good friend from Sacramento? Yes, indeed. He wants to know, who do you think will make the play in and win? And before the All-Star break, I was kind of hoping Sacramento would get into that play-in picture. However... It's not looking so great for them. So right now, as it stands, if we were to hypothetically take today, we've got Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans in the West. And I would have the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I think the LA Clippers would make it out of those two. Who you take? Although although the Pelicans have looked strong since having CJ. Yeah, I, I was going to say the Pelicans, I, I got to at least get 10 or so more games. Because the Pelicans, you know, CJ and, and Brandon Ingram, Buckets. I kind of like the combo a little bit. Buckets. I, I kind of like the combo. I boom, think boom, Minnesota boom. for sure. I think Minnesota for Buckets. sure is in. And if you're asking me right now, I would say the Clippers. The Clippers have been the most consistent between the Lakers and New Orleans at the present moment. But yeah. I would not sleep on the I would not sleep on the Pelicans. And I have to say it, you know, I never thought I would say I, I don't think the Lakers are better, are better than Minnesota, the Clippers, and the Pelicans at this time. And over from the East, we've got Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. I think Toronto and Brooklyn. I don't think there's any. Um, with Katie re- coming back last night, tomorrow, I don't know. We're recording this episode a little bit early, so Katie might be back. Katie might not be back. But if Katie returns, I think Brooklyn for sure and Toronto. You got any hope for the Hawks getting it together? They had a disappointing game against the Celtics. They I, were up 15, Jalen Brown was out, and they yeah. still lost the game. After that, you know, you know their oh, morale... Oh, after that, their Bogdanovich from the Hawks came out and said, we're just not a good team. We were up 15 against a team who lost one of their stars and we couldn't get it done. 
And when the when the team themselves are saying that, what, what am I supposed to say? Well, I, I think what we're supposed to say is the following. You know, on paper, they have talent. And last year, Mo, we can't forget, they made a coaching change and they made a significant turnaround, literally a 180 degree turnaround Yep, from a year ago. Okay. Things didn't, weren't going good last year, Mo. And then suddenly they make a coaching change. They put coach McMillan in there and things turned around. And then they achieve, I think, beyond what they even thought they could achieve. Certainly no one in the NBA had them going to the conference finals. Now they come back a year later with those expectations of at least at the very least being in the upper, upper half. I think I can say that Mo of the mm-hmm. Eastern conference and they're currently sitting at 10. So I think this group has finally come to the conclusion that whatever the problems were prior to Nate McMillan coming on, that they are still there. Yep. And now they have to take an internal look of what's going on and figure it out because right now, you know, they have a max, a super max player, a Trey Young. Mm-hmm. They have a player they just put, paid in, uh, what's the kid's name there? John the, Collins. Um, John Collins. They have some really nice players. Bogdanovich, they get, you know, he's got a nice deal. And suddenly now they can't make the playoffs. So whatever's going on, I think it's time to look in the mirror, clear that out, and then get back to playing basketball. Because right now, this team has more problems that right now than just trying to figure out how to win games. They got some real internal problems. Mm-hmm. Chris Rose, shout out to Chris Rose, always asking great questions, always tuning in. He wants to say, a big fan of these Q&As, clapping emoji. Well, thank you, Chris. That's why we do them. Outside of the big three, in brackets, Home Green, Banchero, and Smith Jr., which draft prospects game impresses you both the most? I'm going to give you a very biased answer and say Jeremy Sochan because he's repping the UK. He was half Polish, half British. But I'm just, you know, Oji Ananobi declared himself Nigerian and he's going to represent the Nigerian national team. Luol Deng's no longer in the league. We need another young British star to come in. So I'm going to give you the biased answer. PJ, is there a name that you can give us real quick um, that's caught your eye from the college class this season or even the G League or international? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you the name that has really caught my eyes is a young guard, 6'4", 6'5", from Purdue University. Remember this name. Remember this name. Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. Just remember I hear this it. name. I hear I'm it. Just, okay. This young man is a player's player. And he may not have the most height, but Mo, you're going to remember his name. He's a 6'4", 6'5". I think he's a lead guard by mm-hmm. today's standards. Yeah. He's athletic, he's strong, explosive. You know, it's what we consider an athlete deluxe. Mm-hmm. Well, strong athlete. I'm going to tell you guys and this. Jaden Ivey. Listen to what BJ says because he predicted Evan Mobley before anyone knew about Evan Mobley. <laughs> so we'll keep it moving. Louis Drew. Louis or Lewis? You got to tell me, bro. But um, apologies if I said it wrong. Louis Drew wants to know, who would you rather have on your team as the only star player right now, Anthony Davis or Jimmy Butler? Um, well, I don't think it's a question of opinion. I think it's a question of facts. Jimmy Butler is capable of carrying a team as the sole star player because he did that and took Miami to the finals. I get Bam, you could class as a star, but he wasn't really, he's not star star, you know, like that. Whereas Anthony Davis couldn't do anything when he was the only star on the Pelicans and he needed LeBron to take him to the NBA finals. What do you think, BJ? Who would you rather have? Jimmy Butler or Anthony Davis, given that only one of them is actually on the court and playing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, you know, is, you got to say, every time I say something with him, I use this one word, if. Mm -hmm. If Anthony Davis is healthy, to me, it's no doubt what you, who you have. Between Anthony Davis and Jimmy Butler. Well, if Mamunti was healthy, he might be in that conversation too, but we're never gonna know. <laughs> okay. I was like, who is Mamunti? <laughs> is he a new oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you will see in 2024. You will see. Yeah, yeah. But we no, can't go I, on ifs. Uh, we can only go on facts. I know. Listen, based on what we've seen, based on what we've seen and what we know now, up until now, you have to say Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. But again, again, that's a it's a complicated it's a complicated 
you know, question and, re, and, and it deserves a complicated answer because Mo, if he is healthy, if, if he can, he, if he can get himself in shape, if he could, he he's in the prime of his career. If, and Mo, if he, if he's healthy for the next, let's say five or six years, if then Mo, no risk, if. no reward. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. If, if exactly. Greg Oden and Andrew Barnum can get healthy, they might be great. And I want to say, can I say this? Can I say this though, Mo? Go on. Being an executive, which that's what you want to do. Yes. This would be a serious, serious, serious 48 hour conversation with your medical staff. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. That's all I want to say. This would be one of those conversations because it's not about talent. Yeah. Next question. The next question comes in from Dan Franklin. He says, loving the podcast, keep the vibe strong. Well, loving your support, Dan. Why, thank you very much. You know the vibes? Who, in your opinion, has been a steal of the 2021 NBA draft and why? For me, I think Brandon Boston Jr. going in the second round with the 51st pick. Absolute steal for the Clippers. I think we even watched Jericho Sims pick number 58. Have a great game. Sharif Cooper was the 48th pick in the draft. But I think the Chicago Bulls got a real steal with Ayo Dasumu because he's been playing fantastic perimeter defense. He's been providing offense with Caruso and Longo Ball injured. And he's coming to contribute to a team that's second in the Eastern Conference. Who are you looking at as a steal of this one, BJ? Well, you know, Mo, I, you know, it's another great question. Because anytime you get contributions, you know what? That's a great, especially in the second round and where those players that you mentioned, I think the still in the draft is Evan Mobley. You got the best player in the draft with the, with the third pick. That's interesting. That is interesting. And that's a whole number. We, we could do a whole, player. we could do a whole episode on this and we might you have to the, do a whole episode on this because I think Kay Cunningham would have a few things to say about that, but we right. got to, we got to keep it moving. because there's so many questions. GA three, four has confirmed to us per sources FYI, this isn't the real Giannis on his burner. Slightly disappointed, I'm not going to lie, but loving your support, so I'm not too disappointed. Thank you for tuning in every week, every day. Um, but he wants to know, if you could pick any three NBA players from history to have as dinner guests. This is an amazing question. Who would you choose and why? You're having a dinner party, BJ. You can invite three. See, it's crazy because I can say who I'd want to invite, and then BJ can pull out his phone and actually invite them for dinner tomorrow night. That's what's so crazy about this question. <laughs> I can say Michael Jordan. Who can go who, for dinner with Michael Jordan? In, 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 in anybody or just this, any player to have ever played in the NBA? Wow. Wow. I think it depends okay. for me. It, I think it depends if what kind of dinner party I'm having. If I'm trying to have a serious conversation or if I'm trying to turn up. You know what I mean? Because those are two very different answers. I, I'm trying to talk to and learn game from Bill Russell and learn from his amazing experiences. I'm trying to learn game, you know, if, if we could find a way to bring Kobe back and learn game from him. But at the same time, I'll turn up with KG. You know what I mean? I can turn up with Rashid Wallace. I think that would be a hilarious thing. BJ, you got to give me three names, though. Who would you, who, who would you invite over? Okay. I want to invite over people that I find to be fascinating characters, right? Just fascinating characters, not so much the players. You know, Will Chamberlain to me has been one of the most fascinating characters mm -hmm. that I've, that I've ever come across. He just, he intrigues me. He just, you know, like, I mean, this guy has like things about him that he just seems like a very, very complex. He, I bet he's got stories. And that's what I, I'm going to say. He, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's got stories. Okay. Um, I've had the pleasure of sitting down with Mr. Bill Russell. And he's just, I mean, when you say history, and I just want to hear about his life. Yep. He sat down from everyone from Muhammad Ali to Malcolm X, to Martin Luther King. To, I mean, Nelson Mandela. He's been, he just, I just want to hear about his life and what he's seen. I mean, he's just, 
a fascinating person, articulate, just like, you know, it was just like really fascinating. Okay. For sure. He would be, he would definitely be there. Um, third. And I, I just, I think it's probably just more of my personality, Julie serving. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the doctor is just, I mean, he's the doctor. When you say class, you think of doctor, when you think of, you know, he arguably could be the first modern superstar. I mean, you know, that was Dr. Yep. J. He was inspired you know, he, so many ballers. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he played in the ABA. He had the, fr- I mean, when you say, Mo, what does it mean to be cool? <laughs> and what a name <laughs> I mean, as well, Dr. J. I mean, that's Come what I'm saying. On. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, Mo, I, you know I, I, I don't know if I ever shared the story with you if you got, if you got a second. We're going to have an extended edition episode today. I just have to share the story. Let's keep it going. Dr. J. Yeah. Well, one more. Can I just say this? Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. Take, go, go, go. Doc, Dr. J is one of my favorite people. And not my favorite place. One of my favorite people. My first time Mo playing in the Philadelphia spectrum. It was. Yeah. After the game, Mo, I'm walking to the bus. Now I'm a rookie. I'm walking to the bus. And as I'm walking out of the bus, I see this taller gentleman. I was like, oh, I don't recognize him. It's Julius Irving. And all I could think about as a kid was here was one of my heroes that I'm, it's just him and I, Mo, unplanned and doctor is walking and he walks up and he goes, hey, BJ, how you doing? And Mo, I could have passed out. My career could have been over with right there. I just met Julius, the doctor Irving. That's crazy. And I'm walking down and I'm walking down. And he knows you. And he knows you. And he's, he knows me. And now he knows me, grabs my hand, tells me nice job, da, da, da. And Mo, I, I, I'm in a dream. I'm like, okay, if my career ended. I'm, I could have been good right there. I, I, I met Dr. J. As we're walking to the bus, he's still chatting me up. And I can't believe it. This kid comes up and says, hey, BJ, can I get your autograph? And suddenly I woke up out of the dream out of total embarrassment because I'm looking at Dr. J is standing here and this kid comes up to me and asks me for my autograph. Crazy. I, 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 I pause, I hesitate, but I signed it. And then he looks at the doctor and he goes, Hey, did you play? Who are you? No way. And that was my, that was my <laughs> crazy. introduction to what the business of basketball was all like. That's a true story, Mo. That's crazy. And, and doctor looked at me and, and with class personified, he says, someday, remember, this is going to happen to you. And he walks, he walks away. And I, <laughs> I never forgot that. That's so, that was that my is Dr. J story. Legendary walk-off. Legendary walk-off. Oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 that, and, and I never forgot that, Mo. So I stay humble. I always with humility and even to this day because i re- i know how this game it moves on and the kids move on and and it was he was a young kid he couldn't have been older than 10 years old yeah well hopefully he's listening to the show we've got more questions hopefully. and if the i can't you know, i didn't know the kid's name but that happened in the spectrum it was come on i mean it it was it was one of those moments but i never that's crazy that, that happened in philly as well but you know, we got to keep it moving. My boy, yep. Nickel, shout out to Nickel, always tuning in. He says, BJ said on a previous pod that this is the first time there isn't a face of the league. Is this a good thing? More balanced league, not just one Showtime team. Most, imp- most importantly, more players are trying to be that player. I see the logic, but I don't think that it's better. I think the league is better when you have, personally, when you have, two people or two teams going head to head think magic and bird so it's lakers you got to think michael jordan isaiah thomas pistons bulls you got to think lakers so again when it was kobe going up against kg paul pierce and those guys for me those peak years of the league or when there's like a real villain like the lebron led heat and then the dallas mavericks go and take them down bj what are your thoughts I think, Mo, this is the first time in a long time that I can recall where there isn't just a clear cut. I mean, Mo, just like just like the NBA championship to me, I 
can't recall where so many teams feel they have a chance. It's, it's like what we said on about the MVP race in, in Wednesday's episode. Yeah. The MVP race to me answers this question. There are so many players who believe right now they are the best player in the league. And you can argue for all of these players. So I think right now, Mo, there isn't a clear-cut player. Mm-hmm. And Do you think there that's isn't better? a clear-cut player. Do you think that's I, better, I think though? For the business, no. For the league and the competitive spirit of the league, I think it's great. Yeah. Because, well, none of us know. Mm-hmm. You can't, none of us, like, you know, it was like a four or five year window where everyone kind of conceded that the Warriors, the Warriors were the best team in the league. Yep. Now, Mo, you can't say that. You can't say, you know, is it Milwaukee? Is it Phoenix? Is it Golden State? Is it Brooklyn? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Miami? Is it the Bulls? Mm-hmm. Utah's like, don't forget about us. Well, well oh, speaking of that, team down in Memphis. Speaking you know? of that, Jack wants to know, Jack underscore Brazil seven wants to know, are the Bulls real contenders? I think we covered this on, on the show the other day, but I'm going to say no until I see some sort of defense on the interior. Do you consider them real contenders? I, I think anyone's a contender. I think all eight teams in the East could win the Eastern Conference. But I don't have them in that top tier right now. Mo, I'm, I'm concerned with the Bulls. Because the Bulls, in my opinion, and I think the Bulls will admit it privately, they overachieved. They have overachieved. I don't think anyone has expected them at the beginning of the season to say, hey, we think the Bulls are going to be the best, have the best record in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Come on. Nobody. Now, Mo, nobody. Okay. Now, suddenly, the Bulls are ahead of schedule. Suddenly now, DeMar DeRozan has come in at, what, 31, 32 years of age and is playing like an MVP caliber player. Mm-hmm. They are now in the conversation. And I don't think they expect it to be in the conversation. I really don't. Now, do I think they are headed in the right direction? Yes. If the Bulls got to the conference finals this year, even with their record, I would be I would be surprised. Okay. I speaking, really, and that's where I think it up. That's what sp- I think. Speaking of those commerce finals and high pressure situations, Cameron Tate, shout out to Cammy, who always tunes in. He wants to know if your team was tied 3-3 in the finals and you can have any current player. For a game seven, who are you taking? Oh, Giannis. Giannis? I'm taking Giannis. That 50 I'm piece is hard Giannis. to deny. And I'm that was game I'm, six. I'm, 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 I'm taking Giannis. I'm going with what I know. I'm I going with you. what I know. I I'm not you. going on could be, ought to be, should be. A case could be. be made for Kevin Durant. A case could be made for Kevin Durant. There's no doubt. I'm not arguing. Kevin Durant. I'm saying defense wins. When you get down to it, it, Kevin Durant offensively is capable of winning a game and game seven. That is true. But give me that Giannis block on DeAndre Ayton any day. Giannis is going to give me Mm. double. He's going to give me an offensive chance and a defensive chance to win that game. And Mo, I'm going with what I know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know he's going to give it to me. I'm going with Giannis for game seven. Kasim, shouts to Kasim who always tunes in. He says, should the Knicks call this season a write-off and start building a team against RJ Barrett? The answer is yes. I don't have anything to add. BJ, do you? Well, you know, look. Build I don't, don't want to write RJ Barrett or, or try- I think what, RJ, I, listen, I like, the, I like the Knicks' young talent. I think they have four players to me that – are what I would consider rotational players. Now, whether they're star players or what have you, hey, that is yet to be seen. I love RJ Barrett. This kid, Cam Reddish, to me is interesting. Uh, Mitchell Robertson is very interesting to me and Obi Toppin. Those are four athletic players who, to me, you can build around and do something. All right? So yes. I like the Knicks' young core. So I the answer like is what yes. they're doing. The, the answer is make sure that those guys are playing because mm-hmm. I think if those guys are playing 25 to 30 minutes, we can make a definitive and, answer whether they should rebuild or not. 
And speaking of the Knicks, Ian Morgan, is it Ian, Ian, Jan? I, I, I'm so sorry, my brother. Ian, I'm going to say Ian. It's, BJ, check the spelling. I-E-U-A-N. How would you pronounce that? I-E-U-A-N. Ooh. That's a tough I spelling. Have no idea. That's a th- I've never seen that before. I think it might be an Irish name. I'm not too sure. Yeah, Ian, Ian, feel free to let me know. I apologize. I'm quite bad with the pronunciations. But he wants to know, what is RJ Barrett's ceiling in this league? I think, he, I, I think he could be Jimmy Butler. I like that. I think he could be an all-star level player. I think he could be, I think he could be Jimmy Butler. He's big. He's athletic. He may not be the elite athlete, but Jimmy Butler and him, to me, you know, when I watched him score that 46 on Miami, I mm. felt like he was trying to prove to a play point. his best because he was playing against himself. And I don't think it was a coincidence that Jimmy Butler said what he said, because I think he sees RJ Barrett in himself. Yeah. I like it. You know what he, you and know that, what I mean? I think that's who he is. I think that's. Speaking of uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, Mr. Wyatt shot just his question just says he in five. So I don't know what that's referring to. I'm assuming he thinks the Heat are going to win the Eastern Conference. I don't think that's a bad bet at this stage of the season. I really don't. Um, they're playing great basketball. We just got to see if Jimmy Butler or Bam can step up and be that superstar to lead that team. BJ, we have one more question. Well, I yeah, I think oh, it, yeah. I think it, I want to say about Miami. Miami, if they're going to win, they're going to they're going to win as a group. Yep. I don't think Miami put together this team thinking they need one player that's going but, to lead them. But everyone needs one player for that that final possession. You're not moving the ball 101 times. You're getting the ball well, to the hands of well, your best What player. I think they're going to do is they have Tyler Hero, who's capable. They have Jimmy Butler, who's capable. And Bam, who's capable. I think they have three guys, and they're figuring out, you're not going to have three elite defenders on any team. Mm-hmm. I don't know a team in the league that's going to have three elite defenders. The Boston Celtics. Who you got? Marcus Mark. Marcus. Derek White. Rob Williams. Yeah, see, no, see, Mo, Mo, stop it. Mo, Mo. You said, I said elite. Elite. Let's say, okay, let's go to the next question. Elite, you telling me which one of those Mo, three guys Mo, ain't elite? We do, 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 okay, do, do, do. You tell me, you tell me which one of those guys is an all defensive player. Marcus Smart and Rob Williams. Rob Williams at this stage is yes. not better. Uh, 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 He's not uh, uh, better. He's not better than Draymond Green. He's not better than Bam. He's not better than Rudy Gobert. He's not better than Joel Embiid. He's not better than Giannis. Do you want me to keep going, Mo? Keep going. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no more names. There's no Mo, any other Mo. name you add to that list will be egregiously wrong. Mo. There is not a single name you can add to that list. And you've listed some generational defenders. Giannis, Draymond Green. Mo. Rob Williams is up there. I don't need to say anymore. I didn't say he wasn't a good defender. He's an elite you, defender. I said an all he's an elite Mo. defender. Mo, to be an elite defender, he's got to be top three. Top three They're centers. Going to be. Top three centers. Yeah. Top three He's centers. Top three. Yeah, Rudy, Embiid, Rob Williams. Which other center is above him? Okay, let's go on. Let's go. On. <laughs> let's go. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even stoop to this level. I'm not gonna go there. We're gonna keep answering the questions because it's about the people. It's not about. We'll Monday. I will have. I, I need five minutes to this. I'm going to tell you this. Monday. I'm going to tell you this, B. We're in the studio on Sunday on Sky Sports. We're doing the okay, Boston game, and you're going to see okay. Rob Williams play full 48 did, minutes. Did I, see. did I say Did I say Rob Williams was not a good defense? I didn't say he wasn't. You'll see why you he's elite. You said elite. He is elite. I don't know how this is a hot take. I don't know how this is a good... He is an elite defender. That's, that's not... A, that, Mo, that, you're no. you're talking with your your heart right now, nope. and you're you're. This is a Boston Celtics nope. take. Nope, 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 nope. This is I watch every game, every minute he plays, so I know he is an elite defender at the center position. Yes, 
or is he an elite defender? At the center position. Okay. I don't know how you're so shocked. I, I really don't. I really don't. This is this is outrageous. Okay, what is he? What 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 elite things does he do? Other than okay, let's take away what we know he does. He can block shots. Now, yes. what else does he do? What else does he do? Okay, what else does Rudy Gobert do aside from block shots? But he is an elite. So is Rob elite. Williams. So is Rob Williams. Okay. I, I'm asking you if you want to go if you want to go and look at it, okay. If you want to go and look at it, nobody in the entire NBA has blocked more three pointers than Rob Williams out of all the big men. Right. Nobody's blocked more jump shots than Rob Williams out of all the big men. Because with him, you can't force a switch with him. You're not gonna have teams picking on a switch. You force a switch with him, he's blocking that. I asked you, you take it to the paint, he's blocking you- that. Now you're now you're taking. Oh, he's oh blocking. that's like me saying. If that's I like said, me saying, he's a okay, shot blocker. Who's the he's best offensive blocker. player in the NBA? If we take scoring off the board, you can't tell Whoa. me who's the what best defensive did, player without blocking the shots. Defensive player. Okay, okay. So okay. Said, BJ, who's the best offensive player in the NBA? If we take scoring off the board, if we okay, t- tell me oh, why Giannis no, 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 is an elite no, offensive no, player no, if we take no, scoring no, off no, the board. No, no, this that's is such a jumping logic. If you said, if you said, if you said, listen, wait, listen. Now, now, what you what you said was very clever. If you said who's the best offensive player, and I said okay. If I said who's the best offensive player, and you and I said Kevin Durant, and I said and you and then you said if I take away three point shooting, yeah, but what else? How else can he score? Like if you said that about Steph Curry, if you said Steph Curry, if you just gonna take. Away what he does. Okay, 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 well. okay. I'll play along with this. So that way, I'll play along so, with this. So, so that if we way, go with your logic. See, yeah. So if I we, said he if we is. Go along he with can your watch logic. shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What so else take, does he do? We take he shot, he's an elite Okay, okay, okay. We take shot blocking off the board. What else does okay. Rudy Gobert do? That's a problem. So is that Rudy is Gobert? The a, is Rudy Gobert an elite defender? But Ro- Rudy Gobert is a, an elite rim protector. Is he an elite? elite? You listed him when you were listing elite defenders. Uh, uh, he's so an elite he is or he is rim protector. But is he an okay, elite defender? So Rob Williams is, is Rob Williams is not in the same category as Rudy Gobert. <laughs> let me let me tell you why. Because the Utah Jazz system, their perimeter defenders are so bad, Rudy has to clean up everyone's mistakes, and their defensive oh, scheme is set no, up no, to follow everyone to Rudy Gobert to get blocked. Mo. This has nothing to do with the team. If and you they're, put they're, Rob they're, Williams they're on team. the Utah Jazz, he would block shots just they like Rudy Gobert. They would not be the Utah Jazz. He would if block shots put... just like Rudy Gobert. I'm telling you this for facts. Now, now, see, see, Mo. So you mean to tell me that the coaching staff, what was the coach there last year? Uh, what was that guy? Um, what, Brad Stevens? Brad Stevens. So Brad Stevens couldn't figure that out? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Say it that. Say that, Mo. Say Brad Stevens was awful as a coach. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Brad Stevens in his final, Brad Stevens in his final season was an awful. If you say that, Mo, I will believe it. If you tell me Brad Brad Stevens Stevens last season was an awful coach, Brad Stevens in his last season, tell me the guy that know what he's doing. Oh, in his final season, he was an awful coach. I'll tell you that for free. Okay, so Danny Ainge and all of these people didn't know what they're doing. They got the best defensive well, center how, in the how league. Was, how was Ime Odoka figured it out? out? How was how Ime Odoka figured out? Well, no, I think what they figured out is Al, putting Al Horford beside him. No, because even if you look at the lineups, when Al Horford's not there, he's still blocking shots I'm at an elite rate. I'm asking as an elite defender. You said we've taken shot blocking out of the equation here. Okay, so so is Rudy Gobert still what does in your he list? Do is Rudy Gobert still elite? in your list as an elite defender if you take shot blocking out of the equation? Because because when I said elite defenders, you listed Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Draymond, Embiid, and Bam. So are you taking Rudy, Rudy off that Gobert list? Are you taking okay, Rudy off is, that list? This is what I see with Rudy. Unlike him. This kid can block shots. He blocks two, three shots. I don't even know what his stats are. He That's, blocks. He you, blocks. You. 2.2 shots a game. Rudy Gobert okay. blocks 2.3 okay. shots a game. And Rudy Gobert okay. plays him in yeah. more minutes. Here's the difference. Here is the difference between Rudy Gobert and this guy. Rudy Gobert is a rim protector. Rudy may only block 2.3 shots a game, but Rudy, people game plan around Rudy Gobert 
because Rudy go and I don't even know this, but I can watch the game and say this. Rudy Gobert contests. He's probably the best in the league. Now, I'm not going to say probably. He's the best in the league at contesting shots at the rim. And I would be shocked if there was someone else in the league that is as good as Rudy Gobert is at contesting shots. That doesn't mean he blocks the shots, but contesting the shots at the rim. And that, to me, is way more valuable because a guy can block shots, three, four, five shots. So you block three or four or five shots, but you don't contest any shots. That's defense. I like this kid, Rob Williams. I think he has a chance to be an all-defensive player someday. But right now, he's not that. Right now. He's not anchoring the defense like Rudy Gobert. Because Utah are so bad with everything oh, else on defense, God. they God. have God. to. We're, not, we're just talking about two guys. We're not talking about anyone else. We're talking about Rudy Gobert, Rob Williams, and all the other centers in the league. We're not talking about the other team. Everything so has to be in context, okay? If you put the reason why, the reason why, the reason why you have to game plan, I guarantee Rudy Gobert, he'd be better. No, no. If Rudy Gobert was on the Boston Celtics right now, they would be saying, we got a chance to win a championship. No, they wouldn't because he and takes I a max contract. That, that means you're taking Jason Tam off that Al Horford. And I guarantee you they get rid of Al Horford today. I'm going to tell you this. I guarantee that. The reason why no, you no, have no, to, no. the reason why, no. the reason why you have to game plan for Rudy Gobert is because you ain't going to worry oh, about God. anyone else on defense oh, for the Utah Jazz. You go play the Celtics, you got to worry about Marcus Smart taking the ball out of your hands before you even get into the paint. Okay. Rudy Gobert and Marcus Smart bring you a chip. I'm going to tell you this for free. The Time Lord of Marcus Smart. I'm charging you to listen. Bring you a chip. So don't give it to me for free. I'm charging you to listen now. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Time Lord and Marcus Smart can bring you a chip. I don't need to explain it anymore. We're going to wait and see. Okay. We're going to wait and see because I feel like. More people need to pay attention to what the Time Lord is doing. Okay? Okay? Anyway, where's my list of questions gone? Let me find I don't list. know where your list is. I don't know where your list is, uh, questions, but you're wrong on this one, Mo. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not saying he's better than Rudy Gobert. But Why I'm aren't saying, you looking at the stats? Who contests the most I don't shots? need to see the stats. I, I watched the game through my eyes. And you, and, you know, and you know what? You know who else is a really good defensive player that we don't give enough credit to? Mm. It's Brooke Lopez. Yes, Milwaukee Bucks are suffering without him. The Milwaukee Bucks are suffering. He may not be Brooke a shot Lopez. blocker, but protecting the rim is, is an art. Is Brook Lopez an elite defender? DeAndre DeAndre Ayton is a rim protector. Is, is Brook Lopez an elite defender? Miles Turner is he an elite defender? Who's this? I'm I'm asking that these guys, all these guys Brooke that you're Lopez? listing, all Brooke these Lopez, guys. I don't think he's an elite defender, but he is really really good at protecting the rim. Is Jaron Jackson Jr. an elite defender? I think he's developing into that. I really do because he can switch. He has the he has the versatility to defend multiple positions. I think he's developing into an elite defender. I really do. I really do. Just like the kid Miles Turner. Is Miles Turner the best shot blocker in the NBA? Well, by the numbers. Do I think he's as do I think he is as valuable to the defense as Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, and those guys? No. No. See, I, I, no. Do you want to know? And Draymond which, Green's only six, six, four, six, five. Do you want to know which player leads the league in contested shots? Well, I'm sure. Who, who, tell me. Guess, guess, guess. I, I have no idea. Contested shots. Yes. How many shots contested. they contest per game? Who leads the league? That's a tough one. I would think like Evan Mobley. I would He's think third. Giannis probably is up there. No, he's not even in the top 10. He's not in the top 10. I, I have no idea who. Jakob Pertl, the man that John Morant dunked on. I respect players that try and block those dunks, even though he ended up on I, the I, highlight. He contests I get it. 14 and a half shots per game. Rudy Gobert contests 13 shots per game. Rob Williams contests 11.2 shots per game. I, 
Okay, I, I, and he does that in less minutes than Gobert. They play the same amount of minutes. They'll contest see, the same amount of shots. See, so so more, you asked me to pull the stats. I said I don't need to pull the stats because I see the games with my eyes and the stats are backing up what I see with my eyes. If you play Rob Williams... Which is backing up what? Play Rob none Williams of us, saw, none of us would have said Portal. I didn't hear you say Portal. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put Portal as an elite defender. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying that. For, I'm just pointing out that's what the stats show. I expect Rob Williams to contest more shots because they just started defending a month ago. He had to contest. He's the only guy that was contesting shots. This is, <laughs> I, this, he, should, this is, he should have more defensive to that because the other guys weren't even defending. This Marcus is Smart was out and oh, all the other God. guys. They, they just started playing defense. They thought this was three on three just like two months ago. I'm going to tell you what. Started they started playing, playing defense at the right time because the playoffs were oh, the corner. I, the time was about that. to show you what's up. That's about half an hour we spent on that one question. The final question know, comes in. Crazy. The final question comes in. Shout out to everyone who's still rocking with us, by the way. Shout out to everyone who's still rocking with us. The final question comes in from Paul Bernard, who wants to know. Shout out to Paul, regular listener. Always shows love, mad love. He says, will BJP setting up a training camp for most 2024? So let me start game aspirations. You know, I'm a little concerned about Mo, you know, because, you know, he's <laughs> he's been talking around. He's been talking around this, you know. He can't get his diet together. He's working out. I, I, I didn't say I couldn't. I said I have, and I hate it. Okay, you didn't like this. <laughs> and I haven't heard a guy talk about two things that has really got me concerned. I haven't heard the guy say he's doing any type of conditioning training at, at, at all. <laughs> at all. And then, just like the Celtics, he's not playing any defense. He's not playing any defense right now. He, he's telling me how many points he's going to score. He's telling me who's the MVP. It's All-Star Weekend, baby. There's no defense. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. You don't need to worry. Because I'm spending my time producing these episodes for the people to listen to every <laughs> single day of the week. That's been the Hoop Genius Podcast. Thank you all for sending in your questions. Thank you all for rocking with us for the super extended edition here on a Friday afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. Thank you for rocking with us for another week. Next week's a big week, BJ. Do you know why it's a big week next week? Because we got more Time Lord to be talking. I'm just talking Time Lord here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck on the Time Lord. All right, that's facts. But we're going to be approaching episode number 50 since January the 1st. Episode number 50 already. We've been putting in that work. So appreciate everyone who's listened to us. Oh, and by the way, because whoever's still listening to the show at this point, this is how I know they're the real ones. I'm going to give you a little secret. I sent off some designs to the printing shop this week. A couple hoodies being made. And I know you guys want the merch, but you ain't been doing what I've been saying. I'm going to need each one of you to tell another basketball fan to start listening to the show. Once the audience doubles, you guys can get the merch. So until next time, my people get recruiting out there. You got to represent for the family. Let the people know. Until next time, get buckets.